Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Niall Boylan Show. We will now go and get some of those stories from the Echo Live from our good friend and journalist Sarah Horgan. Sarah, good evening to you. Hi, how are you keeping? Yeah, I'm looking at some of the stories here. A shop in Cork City was struck four times in one week by a man who used a walking aid to carry out his shoplifting crimes. So how I'm curious as to how he was hiding them on a Zimmer frame. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you how. So this is um, a court report by Liam Heelan. And it's kind of a heartbreaking one. When you hear the line, you think this is going to be a a quirky kind of a story, but there are, there were uh, mitigating factors, I feel, and that's why I won't mention this man's name, but I, I will tell you, um, as we said, that he, he, he um, stole from the same shop in Cork City four times in the one week, and he was jailed for 10 months for his latest series of tests. So this was Holland and Barrett and Patrick Street. Right. And the accused went there last May and he stole 26 euro worth of items. Two days later, he went back and stole property to the value of 90 euro. He stole even more on May 11th when he put 140 euro worth of items into the seat of his walking frame. So this is why how he was concealing everything. Right, right. And the, the following day, he did the same and he stole 110 euro worth of property. So the total of 366 euro worth of items stolen from this store, they included cosmetics, vitamin tablets, uh, argan oil, but it gets even more bizarre because these weren't his only pest offences. He stole dresses from Bourne in Merchant's Quay and clothing from Pennies in Wilton and TK Maxx and Coin Market Street. There was also 73 euro worth of items from Phelan's Pharmacy on Patrick Street. So he was now, obviously selling to, stealing to resell, I assume, unless he's got to wear the dresses. He was obviously stealing, and by the sounds of it, he's not the healthiest man in the world if he's on a frame, unless he's faking the frame, because, no, I, I, I don't know, maybe, is he selling, was he stealing to resell? Yeah, well, it, I won't say it would all make sense in, in a minute, but okay, okay. Um, what, what happened was, he had a long-standing alcohol difficulty. That's how they dis- oh, what right. they described it as. But approximately three years ago, he developed an acquired brain injury, which was a direct result to his, um, which resulted directly from his alcohol consumption. And due to that, he's now walking with the help of a walking aid. But he also developed a compulsive type of behaviour as a result of this brain injury. So, Judge. Kelleher accepted that the defendant had a brain injury, but he said that he was using his walking aid to commit these repeat offences, and he was being to- he was being told that the accused was unable to walk or function unaided. But this um, rank contrary to what the accused appeared to be able to do when he was when he was shoplifting. Um, but the this compulsive type of behaviour only occurred after the the brain injury and he didn't get his first conviction for theft until 2022. So when when I looked at this article, when I, mm. when I, when I saw the start of it, I, yeah. I, I can tell, I I can tell was, there's an element of sympathy in your voice. I don't know what it is about yeah, this Yeah, no, one, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling about, it. I'm feeling about, it. 
and I feel the brain same. injuries and that he only yeah. he, he only had his first conviction in 2022. Now, I don't know the full story. And how old did you say he was again? How old is it, this man? He was only four, he's only 40. Okay, but so still, he's, he's, gone, he's gone 38 years of his life without stealing, and clearly, uh, if that was his first conviction for theft. Now, I don't know if he had had other convictions for other things before, but if that's his first conviction for theft, I think that's a bit of a harsh sentence for 300 quid's worth or whatever it was of stuff. And considering he has a brain injury, and clearly that's caused his kleptomania, uh, which is what it is, what it sounds like to me, I think the judge went a little bit harsh, and maybe community service would have served him better, or to send him off to get assessment or mental health mental health support. It's it's a really difficult one, isn't it? I just hope that mm. even though he got this sentence, that he will get help in in prison too, because I know in yeah. prison some people have really benefited from rehabilitation through our therapy don't. and everything else. Yeah. So. That's all you could hope for. Am I being too sympathetic? Am I? No, no, am I I'm no, I'm, I'm normally quite. I, me, I'm hard. People accuse me of being hard, but listening to that story, if indeed this man has had no convictions up to 2022, and I'm hoping none for anything at all, and these are his first convictions, and it's to do with shoplifting after he has a mental health problem or a brain injury, which is clearly causing a kleptomania. Um, I believe the judge should have been a bit more sympathetic in this particular case. That uh, that change in personality is, must be so difficult for the family, mm. for for any family of something with a brain injury, because yeah. they take so many different forms. And um, in in this case, yeah, it's it's as as a, it's described here, compulsive behaviour. So yeah, let's let let let's hope he does get the help he he needs. Now. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully. Well, look, an echo journalist offered a history lesson uh, with a difference last week, recounting the story of a man from the 14th century who fell down the toilet. I don't know. <laughs> You're gonna have to explain this one because I can't. I now have a vision of some guy with his head down the toilet and his hands holding onto the bowl. And um, if this is a horror film, the um, the, <laughs> the line would be, "You'll never go to the toilet again," because <laughs> um, this is such yeah, uh, this is such a frightening story. A dunk so in the bog. From, I can see the headline: "A dunk in the bog." Oh, good. So yeah. the columnist uh, Trevor Laffin. I think he's the best columnist in the world, but I'm biased. Um, well, as you he's would be, columnist yeah. in the Echo. Yeah. So he was uh, talking about. Um, how we've advanced over the years and he came across a story somewhere about a a guy in England in the 14th century who was killed as he said when he fell down the toilet so it turns out or did I did I mention he was killed how did I put it to you when I no you didn't mention he didn't mention he was dead I gave away the ending damn it okay (laughs) um I gave away the ending in the first line but that's yeah well he drowned like I do unfortunately um so it, the the to, this toilet, right? It was in a castle, three or four stories above the ground, and it was little more than a hole in the floor attached to this large drain that went all the way to the ground. Can you see it? I can see it now. I mean, can you picture it? It's a hole, yeah. yeah it's, like, it's like a hole with a plank over it or something. Yeah, so the waste went down the chute and was collected at the bottom and taken away. And there was this plank of timber that straddled the opening of the hole inside the there castle. There you go, say plank of wood. Yeah, and while the unfortunate guy was intending attending to his business, the plank broke, and he fell to his death. Down the hole. What a way to die! Yeah, imagine saying saying like he was deep in the doo doo. Yeah, yeah. Imagine, but imagine if this was your father or your brother, and you're saying, "Oh, my brother died." 
They're saying how did he die? He I fell off when he, the toilet. I wonder when he was going down the hole. As he was going down, I'm assuming it was a big hole, obviously, because he fitted a human being into it. But as he was going down, did he go, oh, shit. Yeah. Okay, yeah, sorry. sorry bad, the, bad joke. Yeah, yeah. I, I can hear it. I can hear it now as well as seeing it. So thank you. Or if he was Irish, <laughs> he'd go shite rather than shit. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know what it is about Irish people. We say that we, we emphasize the I, shite, not shit. We do. There's great satisfaction in the eye, isn't there? <laughs> there yeah. is, yeah. It's a load of shite. <laughs> and he has, it got, he has lots of really nice nuggets of information. I, I love his columns because most columns are, uh, are, a lot of them are this week. I found out about mm. the true meaning of love or is there some such thing? other, um, yeah. But, but, but it's a different. Like now, see, we can get into a deep conversation about love. Now, love means something different to everybody. Everybody has a different definition of love, and love feels is it differently. A real thing, though? Oh, of course it is. is. It real? Absolutely, and it feels different for everybody. So it's also chemical. So I mean, we can prove it. There's a gold standard to love. So you know, for example, when you meet the person that you love, you know, your serotonin levels rise and all that kind of stuff. You know, so there is a, there is a gold standard to it. We can prove it that people are in love. Now, they could also be equally in lust, too. You know? Yeah, lust is better, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it depends on what you're into. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for well, a while, yeah. Well, isn't it better if you have a bit of both, you know what I mean? If you can yeah, be in lust and in love at the same time. It's, it's true. You you have it all with Karen there. You can oh, I do, yeah. Your, yeah. your voice yeah. there, you're yeah. thinking about Karen, yeah. yeah. I'm thinking about Karen, you're right. You know, and if you're still getting the butterflies you know, kind of whatever it is, you know, six years later, seven years later, well, then you know it's love. You know, because you, you will. You still get them seven, seven years later. You're lying to me. I'm convinced. No, no, I'm not lying. Tell me about the butterflies. No, I'm not lying. I, I, no, I'm looking forward. I'm looking forward to this interview ending. So as my show will be nearly over soon and I can get home to Karen. Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm <laughs> I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean that in a bad way. And I don't mean that <laughs> to you, Sarah. I'm delighted to be talking to you. But you understand what I'm saying? In the back of my mind now that we're mentioned to Karen, like I, I, I'm looking forward to getting home to see her because that's yeah, just the way I I'll feel about to, it. Yeah, I'll have to meet this Karen. Yeah, Karen. she's an amazing yeah. person. Yeah, and that's yeah, what love is. But love is wanting to be with the person. I, I know we're going off on a tangent here, but I remember years ago talking to a friend of mine and we were, I was in the car and we were chatting on the phone and what have you, you know, hands free, can I point out? And he was saying, I said, what, what's the story? Where are you heading? I said, oh, I'm going home to whore. I said, what? I'm going home to whore. And I said, your wife, you mean? And he went, yeah. He says, I'd rather. He says, I'd rather gouge me eyes out. And I'm going, why are you married to her? Like, why would you be married to somebody, you know, or be supposedly in love with somebody who you didn't even want to be with? Like, so that's a waste of time. That's not love. You're better off just not being married. I think I think men who hate their wives hate themselves. I, but like, do you hear, have you hear lads talking about, like, lads to be talking about their missus like that? You know, they'd be saying, oh, she has to come along with me. You know, I had to go out with her the other day. I go, why are you married to her if you speak about her like that? You know what I mean? You should be delighted you were going out with her. You should be delighted she was going out with you. You should be delighted to get home to her. I don't know. I don't understand it. Anyway, sorry. We go into off on a tangent. A 62-year-old yeah. man who lived in a derelict slaughterhouse. What a nice place to live. Uh, for four decades is celebrating after receiving the keys of his council property in Cork. What a horrible place to want to live in, by the way. But he did, I'm sure he didn't want to live there. A derelict slaughterhouse. Yeah, well, it's a good thing there's a, a happy ending with this one anyway. So hmm. John, O'Don John O'Donnell 
um he he can't read or write he was he previously told virgin media news that while he didn't want to impose on anyone he was worried that he would end up six feet under because of the poor conditions he was living in now you might be asking yourself how did john end up living in a slaughterhouse okay let me just do that let me hang on let me just ask myself I wonder how John ended up living in a slaughterhouse. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay, because I've just asked myself. Go on. <laughs> so so how, John worked how did he end up working in the slaughterhouse? <laughs> Sarah is now going to tell us. So he worked in the slaughterhouse when he was a young man by day, and by night he slept in the in the canteen. They called him a night watchman, but I I think. That was just, it might have been because he, he just needed a place to sleep. So he was earning his keep, really. When And when the slaughterhouse closed down, everybody left, obviously, and he remained in the derelict site with his dog. And John had grown up in a state institution in Cork. He left as a young teenager and went to work in the, slaughter, the slaughterhouse in the north side of Cork City. And he's he so... In all of his life, he never really had a home, not a real home anyway. Yeah. And Paddy O'Brien, who's an advocate for the elderly in Cork, he took on his case and approached Cork City Council about finding housing for John. And this derelict site was falling into complete disrepair and its roof was leaking and a clearly overwhelmed John. He, he received a warm welcome from locals last week when he turned the key on his terraced home in Blackpool this morning. Or well, what am I saying? Or that morning even. Mm-hmm. So that was um that was last week. He got his council house, he got his forever home. Wow, and I'm sure he was it, so excited. It, yeah, wouldn't you be? You would, um, of course. And it's hoped that John will move into the property in time for his sixty third birthday in August. So there's a lot of work to do, but everybody's coming together for him now because he's something of a, a local celebrity in the area and it's Madden's buildings in Blackpool that he's moving into and that is the most wonderful place in the world. I actually filmed a short film there. Mm-hmm. It, it would have been about a year and a half ago and they all pulled together to help me um, yeah. do the last scene and came out of their houses and did lines and dance so that they're they're just the kind of people they would come together and and do everything for you and he's in a in a lovely place where he won't be isolated yeah i'm delighted for john if he's listening john i'm delighted for you and i hope your 63rd birthday is something wonderful to celebrate in your new home and i'm sure it will be now richard forrest of cork city library rooted out a story from this day 100 years ago. I love these stories. Anyway, I have no idea what this one is about. Focusing on the unexpected drama that occurred while a woman was praying at Mass. Now, this... See, I love now... I've just got the one line off. I have no idea what the story is. And I have a lot of different ideas going through my head of what happened to this woman while she was praying at Mass. She collapsed. She died whilst praying. The church went on fire. I have loads of theories, but you're going to correct me and tell me what the right one is. So... There was this young boy who attended the church. His name was Christopher Collins, and he was only 16 years old. And he knelt down and actually prayed with with this woman, Mrs. Downey. They don't seem to ever mention the first names here. So, But that's the way it was, he, Sarah, in those days. Nobody knew people's first names. 
I didn't even know really, my mother. Really, was it? No. Here's the thing. I'm 59. I didn't know my mother's first name until I was about 12 or 13, probably. This You think I'm bonkers, don't you? Did you not think to ask? No, no, because nobody asked. Because even all the neighbours on the road, I didn't know their names. Like there was Mrs. Ward, Mrs. Murphy. And then if we met Mrs. Ward on the street while I was with my mom holding her hand like a little boy, you know, Mrs. Ward would say, how are you, Mrs. Boylan? And she'd go, hey, Mrs. Ward. Hey, Mr. Boylan. And my father called my mother, ma'am. Yeah, I remember that with my granny and my yeah. granddad, and I can never understand it. I was saying, yeah, I can never understand it. And my mom would call my father dad. So yeah. their, their names were never mentioned. It was only as we kind of got older and time moved on, you know, when I was about 14, 15, maybe, that my father then relaxed and chilled out a bit and started calling her Lily. So up to that point, I had no idea really what her name was. And you didn't, but you, you never called your parents by their first names. Never. So it's a uh, respect thing. Respect. And you know what? It's lovely. I think it's really nice. Sorry, back to Mrs. Downey. Okay. Anyway, Mr. Boylan, right? Thank, thank you very so, much indeed, Mrs. Horgan. <laughs> or Ms. Ms. Horgan. Sorry. Ms. Horgan. So Chris, Christopher Collins, 16, 16, 16, who was 16 years of age, he appeared in court charged with the larceny. They called it larceny back then. It was never theft. With the larceny of a purse, um, which was the property of Mrs. Downey. So, Miss, Mrs. Downey said she'd been praying before the shrine of the Blessed Virgin in St. Augustine's Church when the prisoner, former prisoner, kneeled beside her. So, when she stood up to put her hand in her pocket to get money for candles, she found her purse had disappeared. So, anyone else would have, might have left it off, but she actually ran out after him onto the Grand Parade and shouted, Stop, thief! <laughs> As you do. <laughs> and, yeah. and now you'd be too, you'd nearly hate to draw attention to yourself. But the young man, this other young man, pursued um, the, the prisoner, former prisoner, and captured him. And Mrs. Downey wanted to take him before the priest. But he, he said he'd go to prison, but he didn't want to go before God. Um, so he said, please, please, he appealed to her in God's name not to. And Inspector Fitzgerald said the prisoner was out of jail less than a month when um, he committed this, this crime. And the poor, um, the poor boy's mother told the bench that the accused had gone completely beyond her control and she was unable to do anything with him. So... She's right. basically saying, it's out of my hands. I've washed my hands of him. Um, imagine he didn't want to go before God. He'd rather go to prison than go before God. God, that wouldn't be the case nowadays. No, no. Um, yeah, I think any when you hear of a, a crime committed in a, in a church, it's always um, particularly shocking, isn't it? Mm. Even though it's actually the perfect place where it can happen. I'm wondering now, I, I, I'm wondering, should we suggest that the RT Eroctus or the, the, the uh, RT staff and executives all go before God? <laughs> that's to forgive them all. That's, that's what we should do. We should suggest they all go before God. But it was handy in the old days because what we could do is we could do anything we wanted and we could uh, go go to confession and then have a clean slate the next week. That was technically how it worked. Oh, yeah, it was canon law. Could we be forgiven law. for anything? Yeah, you, you, well, once you repent, yeah. Yeah. God will forgive yeah, you. Pretty, now, the police um, might not. The police mightn't forgive you, but God certainly will. He'll forgive you yeah. for anything, allegedly. Yeah, and they couldn't they couldn't rat you out either. It sounds like a pretty good deal. Yeah, they, they they wouldn't rat you out. No, because of course the seal of confession is sacrosanct, so they could never rat you out. 
They might be looking at yeah. you in a dodgy way, like on the street. They'll be looking at you in front of people going, you were in there with me yesterday. When I used to go to... Con- do you remember going to confession as a child? Do you, I'm, do you still go to confession, by the way? I don't want to disrespect um, you if you're religious. I confess, I confess to you every week. Um, okay, perhaps that. So and, and the airways, that would be a good good one, wouldn't it? Good yeah, time. well, if you're um, confessing to me, I should also use the language then. There's language of, yes, my child. Isn't that the yeah. language? <laughs> but I used to, I remember my parents used to send me to confession. My father was very religious and he'd send me to confession. Uh, so I'd always just make up the same three sins every week. Just, we all made them up, did we? Did we yeah. all make up my our, our sins? Because mine were boring, so I yeah. wanted more exciting. Uh, my, I'll tell you exactly what my sins were. Every, my sins every single week. And I remember, it was like it was rehearsed. It was every single Bless me, Father, I have sinned. I was rude to my mother, rude to my brother, and I threw bricks at cars. <laughs> now, can I clarify? I've never thrown a brick at a car in my life. <laughs> but I just yeah, did that. And, but here's the inconsistency of it. Every week I got a different penance. Like I would have got three Hail Marys and an Our Father one week. Got off lightly. Then the following week I might have got three Our Fathers and a Hail Mary. Didn't get off so lightly then. You know what I mean? You know what would have been a good um, a good idea in those days if we put a recorder in the um, if we we, we oh, put yeah. a recording device in the confession box and then we blackmailed people with their confessions. confessions that yeah. would have been. Yeah, I know what you did. Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi award winning Nile Boylan show. Oh,